Now sit back and relax as you listen to the Texas State Sports Podcast. Find us online at TexasStateSports.com. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of the Texas State Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Mayforth. Last week, Texas State became bowl eligible for the first time in program history and did so in a big way when it beat Idaho by a score of 37-21. Idaho forced the Bobcats to throw the ball, and true freshman quarterback Tyler Jones did not disappoint. Texas State head coach Dennis Francione called Jones' performance his most complete to date outside of that marvelous debut against Wyoming. Now the Bobcats have a bye week before they embark on a tough stretch of games beginning November 16th at Arkansas State. I thought this would be the perfect time to chat with Jim Bob Brazil, who is the public address announcer for Bobcat Stadium. Jim Bob has seen a lot of Bobcat football in his day, so let's jump right in to this week's insider interview. And one of the biggest things about this culture change that we, that, you know, Fran talks about, you talk about, you know, Michael Rapko talks about all the time, um, is the winning. And right now, the Bobcats are 6-3, and bowl eligible for the first time in program history, the second fastest program to reach bowl eligibility since the transition, right behind Marshall, who happened to win the Mid-Atlantic Conference, Mid-American Conference, I'm sorry, uh, their first year, and it was 97-98, right around that time. But is this right where you expected the team to be? I know that, you know, you have uh, an allegiance to this team, you know, being the PA announcer and, you know, being an alum, but is this where you expected this Bobcat team to be at this stage of the year? Not yet. Not yet. I, I, you know, I thought we'd be good pretty quick. I thought we had an opportunity to to really do some things in the Sun Belt early, but I didn't, I don't know that I picked year two as the year we'd be bowl eligible. And I, and I, and I really think that there are some people that are overlooking how big that is. I mean, Texas State has a bowl-eligible football team. That matters. Like, I don't care how you spend it. I don't care if you say we didn't beat good teams or every team we've beaten has this kind of record or we didn't beat the teams we should have beaten or even if we finish out – even if Texas State loses out the last three games of the year and they finish 6-6, and they're still bowl-eligible. And I don't think enough people are taking a step back to look at how big that is on the grand scheme of things. This team, I really think, has – I mean, the defense is has just blown my expectations out of the water. I mean, I think thinking Bobcat fan probably knew that we're looking at five wins, six is the best-case scenario going into the season. I think that's where most people were. So I, and there are some that really predicted six wins, but I don't know that they really believed it deep down that they'd be bowl eligible. I always think I think it was more of just people hoped that we would get there. And now we're here, and there's a chance, you know, you win two more games, there's a real legit chance that Texas State plays in a bowl game. And that's something that, I mean, in, in our wildest dreams when I was a student, is it wasn't even there. Because it wasn't a possibility. And here we are in 2013 knocking on the door of, of a bowl game. It's, uh, it's really just – it's incredible. If you take a step back and you just look – I mean, and, and, I, and that's what I urge all fans to do. Because it's so easy to say, 
you know, oh, we don't have enough student fan support, or oh, we don't have enough alumni fan support, or or oh, I don't like Fran's offense, or he's I, I hate that we run the ball all the time, and then that's fine. You can complain about you don't have to like the offense, but take a step back and realize that Texas State is bowl eligible. Like, I can't stress that enough. That is huge. No matter how you slice it, it helps with recruiting. It helps with the with the average fan that doesn't have any allegiance to Texas State but lives in San Marcos. It's just it's a tremendous leap across the board for this program, and it's going to have trickle down effects to every other sport we have. And you were saying a lot of people weren't thinking that they could be bowl eligible at this time, but if someone was going to take a look at TexasStateSports.com and saw my season prediction, I had them six and three going into this week, this upcoming week. But then let's not talk about what I had them going the rest of the way. But, oh, as we all know, um, as we all know, you're the biggest Texas State homer there is. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I, I'm unapologetic about it, actually. Um, but but you know, and I thought, I'm, I'm with you though. I, I when I read when I read your when I read the predictions the season before the season started. I mean, it's it's not like you were going out on a huge limb. I think I think everybody realized there was a real shot to do it, but I. I also think Texas State fans were, I mean, let's face it, even when we did have successful, I mean, the 2005 season was the most successful season in Bobcat history, and nobody remembers that. They remember the knee. So I think Texas State fans are kind of a shell-shocked bunch. They're used to being disappointed, and that's because they have such high expectations without really having any reason to have those expectations. They want to be Texas. They want to be A&M. They want to be, you know, they want to be bigger, which is a great aspiration to have, but they don't, they need to realize it doesn't happen overnight. And so I think everybody realized that six wins was a legitimate possibility, but when it really came down to it, nobody wanted to put themselves out there because they were just afraid that it wasn't going to happen, you know? Yeah, um, and you know one thing that I'm noticing, and I notice in your you know your PA announcing and just the way you're talking right now is that you have this passion, you know, for Texas State sports, for Bobcat football. What was the the thing that kind of stuck you on? I know you were in the marching band, so that had a lot to do with it. But was there a moment that kind of sold you just on the maroon and gold, just the fact that you know you seem to believe it? You know, people can hear it in your announcing and probably in your voice right now. Was there a moment or a game or something that kind of stuck in your mind? that left you to be who you are today, you know, supporting well, the school? Man. You know, let's see. I started, you know, being in a marching band, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of inherent. Anybody who's in a marching band is going to, to have more school spirit than your average student. I mean, just because, for lack of a better phrase, you're forced to. You have to go to every game. But, you, I mean, at the same time, it, it's not like they're forcing us to go. We made the choice to be in the marching band so we could be in a band and go to the games. Um, I I don't know if there was a specific game. If I'm going back, I think the the one moment that really just, when I look back at all the games uh, at Texas State, it was the was it the first playoff game of the 05 run against Georgia Southern. When we're down... God, it seemed like 40, 42 to 20 or something like that in the second half. It just didn't look good at all. And we ended up coming back and winning that game. And I just remember, I remember 
hugging random strange people in the stands when we finally took the lead in that game. And I think that's where that's where it really kind of got planted. And then not to say that I didn't love this the teams prior to that and like oh two, oh three, and oh four. I just I really think that that was the moment where I realized like what it is to root for a winning football team at your school. You know, I and I and there is something to be said for that's a big moment when your school's on ESPN, when your school is winning, when people are talking about Barrick Neely and mentioning Texas State in every breath, and they're talking about Barrick Neely all over the country. Compared to that's when Vince Young was doing his thing in Texas, and so it's it's Vince Young Jr. down at Texas State, and he's getting national attention, and everybody's talking about it. And you finally, you know, I love the school. I love the town. I love everything about it. I mean, I love my experience at Texas State, and there's no – I mean, I don't know that I would want to move that far away from San Marcos just because I'm so drawn to it. It feels like home. So whenever you have a football team that's showing everybody else in the country what we already know about Texas State, that's when it kind of – it all comes together. That's when it – and in 2005, I think, is when it really just – no matter what – I was going, I mean, I was locked in Bobcat fan for life. You know, has has one player kind of stood out to you as that big play threat that, you know, you just love announcing his name when something big happens? I I really, I really, really like saying Michael Radcliffe's name. Uh, I think when I, when I do say his name, I, I probably go a little bit over the top maybe. I definitely put a little bit more emphasis on his name than I do somebody else. And it's not I it's not a conscious decision. First of all, his name is fun to say. Arakpo is fun. Um but I just I think he's become my favorite player, maybe one of my top five favorite players ever since that I've been following Dex State football. And he's only been here this is his first year playing, he was here last year as a redshirt, but I just think that he he brings so much passion to what he does, and it, and it he doesn't always get his name announced, but he's always involved in the play. Um, and I just think, I mean, what he's done for the program, he's like the go-to guy when it comes to hosting recruits. Every recruit will say, "I love hanging out with Mike Arakpo." Uh, Mike does everything he can for the program, and he's all about team first, and he is. He is all in. He is 100% dedicated to making sure that he has a role in changing the culture at Texas State. And and I see that. I see it on Twitter. I see it during the game. I just I see him out there promoting this program. And I think it kind of bleeds over into when I say his name, I just say it with a little more gusto because I enjoy it when he gets to make a play because I know – he works so hard, and he's always involved, and he, he, he affects the outcome of every play, even if he's not the one making the play. Right, now you brought it up. I need to uh, I need to ask you now, who else is in your top five? You well, I mean, Barry Neely, I think Barry Neely has to be number one. Um, and Fred Evans has to be up there. Uh, I always enjoyed K.R. Carpenter. Let's see, it's four. Um, let me see. 
God. You know, okay, and I'm, I'm, it's weird that he's in my top five and I can't remember his name. Uh, Greg Pitts. We're talking like 2002, 2003 linebacker. I know his last name was Pitts. He was a stud. He didn't get near the accolades he deserved. And I always thought even in 2002, 2003, yeah, we're, you know, Nobody knows who we are down here at Texas State, but that dude should be playing in the NFL. I just thought he was great. I'm looking through the media guide right now for that name. Let's see. He said Pitts. Greg Pitts. Yeah. There you go. Nice Greg Pitts. 2002. Yeah. He was there. I guess his senior season was my freshman year at Texas State, and, man, he was just, he was just awesome. That's quite the mixture then, and uh, you know, throw rack in there. That's a, uh, I guess that's a few linebackers. I guess you, know, you, you like the hard hitters. Yeah, and you know, it, it's, it's funny when you look at three of those guys, Fred Evans and Neely and K.R. Carpenter, all part of that '05 playoff run. So, I mean, I guess going back to that question about what really kind of cemented it in me, I mean, those guys left a lasting impression, obviously, because that run was just—it's just something that that. It may be a long time. Even you know, even with Texas State possibly going to a bowl game or or you know, winning a conference title someday, that that run is just so huge. It's something that I don't think can because nobody nobody with Texas State had been involved with anything like that in twenty more than twenty years. It was literally out of nowhere, here we are again in, you know, we're making noise in on the football field and you had three nationally televised games on ESPN and it's just it was something that San Marcos hadn't seen in two decades that I it's gonna be hard to replicate the magic of that run, even if we're winning conference titles, you know, as as an FBS football team. I I think that two thousand five team is gonna hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts for forever. Now, a few last questions for you. Um, you know, looking at the rest of the season, what is – first of all, what's your, uh, your your hopeful prediction, obviously being a, you know, being an alum, you know, maybe it's nine and three and finishing second in the conference, and then what's your, uh, what's your realistic, you know, your realistic, your, your thing that you mentioned before about how all Bobcat fans are, you know – a little bit wary of jumping out on a ledge a little bit. What's your your more realistic prediction for the rest of the season, do you think? Uh, I think my hopeful prediction is two. Uh, I think we 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 realistically – I mean, let me put that, we realistically have a shot to beat all three teams remaining on, this, on our schedule. Um, it's not too far-fetched to say we could beat them. Um, you, I mean, you can go back and say Texas State should have beat Louisiana. Oh, we had them right there for the taking, and they're battling for – you know, second place in the conference and one of the guaranteed bowl spots. So I, I, it's realistic to say we could win out and be 93. My hope, you know, taking a step back and trying to take the blinders off, um, I, I really think Troy is pretty good. I think they're probably better than we are at this point. They're a better football team. Uh, I, I could see us losing to them pretty easily. Um, but I think we have a shot to beat Arkansas State and West Kentucky. Um, so I think we – my hope is that we get eight wins and we finish with eight, and that really helps us in terms of, you know, being an attractive candidate for, for a bowl game. Uh, I think realistic, I I think we beat, you know, Western Kentucky at home the final game of the year. 
the final home game. So I think we finished with seven. Uh, I still think we're pretty attractive to to a bowl game, uh, especially if it's a bowl game that's anywhere with an eight-hour drive to San Marcos because I think Bobcat fans in Texas will drive in droves to a bowl game that's that's drivable. Um, you know, I, I I would say if we had Arkansas State at home, I think we my guess would be eight wins. Uh, but because we got Western Kentucky at home and the other two on the road, I think we finished for seven. So you mentioned the, the B word, you know, the bowls, the projections are coming out. Um, and as a Bobcat fan, and as someone that, you know, likes to, to follow the team and has so much spirit, I mean, we have, let's see, they're, they predicted the famous Idaho Potato Bowl up in Boise. They predicted, I think, the Little Caesars Bowl a little bit earlier this year in Detroit. Mm-hmm. The most recent one I saw from SportsIllustrated.com was the, the Heart of Texas Bowl against North Texas, which I personally think would be huge for this uh, for this program. Be, kinda, be massive. Exactly, to have a big turnout up there, because I think, like you said, the fans would go to a bowl game. They would on New Year's Day in the Cotton Bowl. Um, and it would also maybe spur an in-state rivalry like Texas State. You don't want to call it a rivalry, mm-hmm. rivalry because Texas State hasn't beaten Texas Tech, but like that, if Texas State could, you know, schedule games with North Texas, that's a pretty good, you know, base right there. They could go back and forth. Yeah. And that new stadium, Apogee Stadium, I believe it's called, it's brand new. It looks amazing mm-hmm. up in uh, Denton. The Bobcat Stadium looks pretty amazing right now too. Um, out of those bowls, which one would you be more willing to to see the Bobcats? Um, you know, and who would you want them to face? Ohio, the Battle of the Bobcats, North Texas. To, to keep that in-state or, you know, I don't know, whoever the other team is going to be in the famous Idaho Bowl. It feels weird to be saying, oh, I'd rather go to this bowl than that bowl. It's, uh, I didn't think we'd be talking about that at the end of the season where we would have a choice, like, oh, I'd rather go to this one. And that's The fact that we're having that discussion again is is something that all Bobcats need to recognize how big that is and cherish it. And, and really, you know, regardless of what happens, I think Bobcat fans need to saddle up and ride with this team. And, and for the last three games, they need to we need to do our part to sell out that last home game. Even if we lose, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. The team is bowl eligible and they've done something that is historic for this school. But when it comes to I, I think a bowl game at New Year's Day in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, regardless of the stature of that game, I think that's the that's the dream scenario for 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 Texas State. I to play a bowl game. I mean, there's so many alums in the Dallas area. Um, you know, I think alums of the Houston area will drive. I know I will drive, and and that's you know, it cannot be overstated. Playing a a bowl game in your home state even against an in-state rival, it just will do so much for the program in Texas, um, visibility-wise. I think it will do wonders to recharge some alumni in Houston and Dallas that will maybe go to their first Bobcat game in more than a decade because, oh, hey, they're playing a New Year's Day bowl game in the Cotton Bowl. I went to Texas State. I went to SWT. I'm going to go. Just because that's the type of game that average fans want to go to. The average fan that doesn't have the passion, that, that is somewhat apathetic when it comes to, to Texas State football, that's the kind of game that will re-energize them and get them back into the fold. They may not buy season tickets the next year, but 
it will start building the pride in them about their school. They won't have to claim, oh, yeah, I went to Texas State, but we didn't like sports whenever I was there. I mean, again, I, I keep going back to it. There are there are generations of students at this from this school that when they were there, athletics was so far on the back burner of everything at that school that they may not have, they may as well have not even had an athletic program. So when we're talking about the implications of a Texas State bowl game in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas on January 1st, it will do. It will probably be the single greatest accomplishment of this, and, and, and I, I will say it's a. It will be a greater accomplishment than winning a national championship in eighty one, eighty two, in Division two. It will do more for this program and this school than any win or any title game appearance ever across any sport. Uh, I can't. I can't understate how big that would be. I think think that's the dream scenario. That's where I would want to go is is Dallas because it gives a chance for Texas State alumni all over the state to take a minute and realize what their team has done and then drive five hours to get there and support them. Well, you know, that was a perfect way to end things. And, uh, once again, I really want to appreciate you uh, coming on and joining me. And, um, you know, fans will only get to hear your voice once more this season, you know, for Bobcat Stadium, but hopefully they'll replay this podcast about 18 times so they can hear it over and over. <laughs> well, I will, I will say this, that um, I, I really hope that Texas State fans take a really cherish what they've got and really appreciate what the team has done. And, and they, if they don't, if they don't get close to selling out that stadium on uh, on November 23rd for Western Kentucky, I think we have uh, we've done our team a disservice. Uh, they deserve more fans, and they've done their part. We wanted a winning football team, now we have one. So do your part and show up and support them. That's all it takes. It goes hand in hand. Your next and only chance to see the Bobcats at home is November 23rd against Western Kentucky. And that game might just decide whether or not Texas State sits at home or travels to some far-off land like Boise, Idaho, Dallas, or Detroit. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Texas State Sports Podcast. I would like to thank Jim Bob Brazil for joining me in this week's Insider Interview. Jim Bob brought up some good points as well as an interesting question. I would like your feedback. Who are your five favorite Bobcats of all time? You can either email me at tmayforth at sammarcosrecord.com, find me on Twitter at smdrtyler, or leave a comment on our Facebook fan page, which can be found by searching Texas State Sports. Be sure to follow my coverage all season long, but especially this week, as we try to find out if Texas State can remain undefeated against Bye. You can find my coverage online at sammarcosrecord.com and on the blog at texasstatesports.com.